No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we begin the book of 1 Samuel. It's an exciting account of Samuel, Saul, and David and the formation of a monarchy in Israel. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl begins the book of 1 Samuel chapter 1 on Simply the Bible. Today we begin the book of 1 Samuel, which makes the transition from the time of the judges to the first two kings of Israel, Saul and David. We are introduced in these opening chapters to a child who would become both priest and judge during the dark days of Israel. When times are bad, God raises up a godly leader, usually because his people are praying. We pick it up in 1 Samuel chapter 1. Now there was a certain man of Ramathaim Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zoph, an Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. We know from 1 Chronicles that Elkanah was a descendant of Levi, but he lived in Ephraim. It was not uncommon in that culture for a man whose wife was barren to take a second wife for the purpose of bearing him children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also, the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Peninnah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her Therefore, she wept and did not eat. The law instructed the men to go up to the tabernacle three times a year during the feast of Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. But by this time in the history of the nation, most men would only go up once a year, usually bringing their family with them. The tabernacle was in Shiloh. While polygamy was not expressly forbidden in the Mosaic Law, we observe here the problems it caused. A rivalry existed between the two wives of Elkanah, and Peninnah severely provoked Hannah to the point of making her miserable. This was no doubt motivated by envy, for while Peninnah bore children, Elkanah loved Hannah more. There's a good reason why God established in the Garden of Eden that a man should leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, singular, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. Many times, we don't understand why bad things happen to good people. No doubt, Hannah did not understand why her rival could have children and she could not. 
But God had closed her womb for a reason. Verse 8, Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? And why is your heart grieved? Am I not better to you than ten sons? In typical male fashion, Elkanah attempted to console his wife, but with little results. It's almost like saying, why are you crying, baby? Aren't I better than ten babies? Obviously, Elkanah didn't understand how Hannah felt. So Hannah arose after they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. And then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. In the wilderness, the tabernacle had been a tent, but now that it was established in Shiloh, they had erected some kind of structure with posts and doors where people could even sleep. Now, no doubt Hannah had asked God for a son before this. She'd probably even wept before the Lord. But this was probably the first time that she made a vow that if God would give her a son, then she would dedicate him to the Lord all the days of his life. And no razor would come upon his head. In other words, he would be a Nazarite from birth, meaning that he couldn't cut his hair or touch anything dead or eat or drink anything from the grapevine. There was precedence for this, for Samson had also been dedicated to the Lord as a Nazarite from birth. Now, perhaps we understand why God did not give Hannah a son earlier. He wanted a leader for Israel who would be dedicated to him as a priest. As we shall see, the priesthood was corrupted, and God wanted someone who would represent him to the people and prepare the way for the new monarchy that the people wanted. God waited for Hannah to align herself with his will. I wonder how often God allows pain in our lives just so that we will pray more earnestly. It may be physical pain or relational or economic pain. God wants to help us and show us the way. He wants to bless us, but he waits for us to align ourselves with his will. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, How long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. Now I wonder, why did Eli assume that Hannah was drunk? Was it because there were so few women who came into the tabernacle earnestly praying like this? Was it because they had a homeless problem and people under the influence would periodically stumble into the tabernacle? Or was it because he had so lost touch with a personal relationship with God that he couldn't even relate to Hannah's heart to lay hold of God? We don't know. All we know is that Hannah was in such great inner anguish and turmoil that her lips moved, 
but she uttered no sound, and Eli presumed that she was drunk. Many times, people jump to conclusions while possessing only minimal facts. We must be careful that we don't do that. We should carefully gather all the available facts before passing judgment. Jesus told the Pharisees, Stop judging by mere appearance and make a right judgment. Appearances are often misleading. I have sometimes misjudged people or situations I haven't fully understood, or because I heard a rumor from someone else. We do need to make right judgments about things, but it takes effort to probe beneath the surface to obtain the facts. But Hannah answered and said to Eli, No, my lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. Hannah had a deeply sorrowful spirit. Many people in that condition would seek to drown their sorrows in alcohol or drugs and try to forget the pain. Instead, Hannah poured out her soul to the Lord. May I suggest that this is a much better way to deal with sorrow. God knows our needs better than we do. He wants us to pray about everything. He tells us to cast all our cares on Him because He cares for us. And most importantly, He loves us with an everlasting love. And He's omnipotent. He is able to do far more than we ask or think. He gives the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So when you're overwhelmed with sorrow, rather than turning to the things of this world, try pouring your soul out before the Lord as Hannah did. Give him the opportunity to do something wonderful. Our heartaches are God's opportunities to bless us. I am grieved to see how many people today become suicidal when life becomes unbearable. But what is unbearable for us is bearable for God if we will bring our lives and circumstances to him in faith. Psalm 37.23 says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Do you feel that life has cast you down? Do you feel that the enemy has trampled you into the ground? Look up, for the Lord is for you. He delights in you, and he delights in your way. If you will trust in him, then he will uphold you with his righteous, omnipotent hand. Then Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. How often does God speak the word of peace to his children? How often did Jesus say, peace be with you? He is the God of peace. But sometimes when we have sorrow, anxiety, or fear, we must persevere in prayer until he visits us with his peace. Now, after Hannah received the word of peace, she could eat and she was no longer sad. Then they rose early in the morning and worshiped before the Lord and returned and came to their house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. 
So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him from the Lord. At this point, Hannah had nothing but the word of Eli the priest, yet she worshipped before the Lord. She worshipped by faith in the word of God. God's blessings always come by faith. Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son whom she named Samuel, which means heard of God. She knew God had heard her prayer and given her the son she had asked for. The Bible tells us that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, then he will give us the desires of our heart. Have you prayed for something, but it doesn't seem that God is hearing your prayer? Could it be that God is delaying because he wants to give you far more than you would ask or think? But you must first be submitted to his will. That is why the best prayer we can pray is, Not my will, but your will be done. Lord, show me what you would have me believe, what you would have me pray, and what you would have me do. Hannah would have been satisfied with one ordinary baby boy, but God had so much more in store. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow we will see where Hannah fulfills her vow and dedicates Samuel to the Lord. Then she offers a remarkable song as a prayer. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 1 Samuel on Simply the Bible.